Welcome to Pickering Public Library's podcast, People and Pets Pickering. This is a three-part mini-series where we partner with the City of Pickering's Animal Services to give you all things pets. So this is the last episode of our mini-series for season one of People and Pets Pickering, um, where we have talked all about different things that you can do with your pets in Pickering, um, different rules, regulations, animal services within Pickering, and all of that fun stuff. Now we're going to bring it to the library a little bit more. Um, and today's episode is going to focus on our makerspace. So how you can use our makerspace um, for projects for your pet, as well as two very special success stories that have happened through animal services. Full schedule today. Um, and it'll it'll be great. Victoria, did you want to talk to us a little bit about the makerspace? Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to start off and it's going to be obviously for this podcast, a little bit of an audio test. So I'm going to make a sound. And here it is. I can hear it. Yeah. yeah, not bad. Not too bad. I think so what that is, that's actually that's an animal clicker that I made. Uh, using the 3D printer at the Makerspace. So I have a cat called Hugo, who I'm going to talk a little bit about, or a lot about, actually. <laughs> and um, so I have this clicker so that I can train him uh, a little bit. And so clickers are actually used in for training lots of different animals, uh, dogs, cats, and even horses. horses. Oh. Be- uh, the idea being... Um, we speak a lot at our animals, um, but of yes. course they don't understand us. Uh, no matter how loud By we may be, otherwise, <laughs> they don't. So it's actually, and I'm going to read this from the book. It says, "Clicker training is the popular term for a science-based system called operant conditioning, using positive reinforcement and a marker signal to build new behavior." It's actually uh, the way dolphins are trained as well, but they don't use clickers. They'll use whistles. So um, I was looking to get a clicker. Actually, we had had one and I misplaced it. So I turned to the makerspace and at a website called Thingiverse, which uh, people upload all sorts of projects they have designed and made that can be uh, printed using uh, the filament from a 3D printer. And sure enough, I found one for uh, a clicker. Uh, It did say it was a dog clicker, but it's all the same to Hugo. He doesn't know and I'm not telling him. What was really cool about this is that the the part that makes the sound, it's a very thin piece of metal. And I had to get that from a crescent roll container. So um, we are not, this is, this is not advertising uh, for Pillsbury, but everyone knows those crescent rolls, how they unravel. Well, the two, the, the, uh, metal circles at the end are a part of this clicker and I had to hammer it slightly so that it had a dent in it and then when I printed off the clicker itself the metal part fits in and so uh, I can actually hold it and use it so I'll have to say it's going very well the training 
And I wasn't too sure how well it would work with my cat because we've had him, let's see, seven years now. And he's pretty much done whatever he wanted to do. So like a lot of cats, he's very cat you know, yeah. in that way. Um, you can't teach an old cat new tricks. No. And even a young cat, I think they just do what they want <laughs> to do. Um, so because I moved from a house to an apartment, I wanted to um, sort of support the cat with that change of environment and create sort of positive reinforcement through training. So my goal, I don't know if this is Hugo's goal, but my goal is to be able to take him out on walks. But to get to that part, you have to uh, start very small. Even um, understanding that there's going to be a treat associated with the sound, it did take a little while for him to understand that. And what I learned about clicker training, patience is involved, but also just to take it at a slower pace because the cat first or dog has to learn that there's going to be a treat if they respond or they hear the sound. And as I said, it's been working really well. He, um, Where I live, I have a balcony that's next to me, uh, the neighbor's balcony. Uh, it's not that far from my own, less than five inches or so. And while he was doing some exploring, sure enough, he jumped onto the neighbor's balcony. Wow. Yeah, pretty much just doing a cat thing, right? Roaming about. And I should have anticipated this, but didn't. Don't know why. I was outsmarted by a cat. That's a whole other podcast, I'm sure. But uh, he was over there and it seemed it was he was just sniffing. It was going okay. But then he did start scratching. And that's an absolute, I didn't want him to do that at all. So I used the clicker and I clicked it. He heard it and he came right back immediately looking for his treat. So that was such a positive result. Also, the neighbor, I did meet them later and let them know about Hugo and that was okay. But seeing that he was already responding to the clicker and knowing that there'd be a treat. So I had to learn about not just the treats, but also how to feed him, when to feed him. In one of our earlier podcasts, I asked about sort of optimum treats for animals because I had found that Hugo wasn't responding to treats. Uh, It turned out, though, we had made his living environment far too luxurious in that we always had dry (laughs) food. We always had dry food out for him during the day between like his morning and and evening feeding. So he was, he was never hungry. So he wasn't motivated when I used the tree. <laughs> so uh, a little bit of conditioning there, a little bit of adjustment as to uh, him always having access to dry food. Not so much now, um, just in the morning and in the evening, but also keeping an eye on him as well. I'm not denying him food at all. Um, keeping it because it's a, it's a new uh, routine for him as well so um yeah so just learning that so this is um the i was um i learned a lot of this from a book here at the library called getting started clicker training for cats so uh it's not a it's it's not a long read at all but it's very very helpful just sort of getting into the routine because it's as much for me learning how to do this um so that the cat can benefit from it so so far, so good. He's he's not going out. It's a bit too noisy for him. He's getting used to the whole environment. But I do feel like with the training, with the clicker, it's uh, it's a reassuring for him. Uh, he hears the sound. He knows there's going to be a treat. 
uh, he's really sort of calming down. And so, um, yeah, we're easing into being roommates together in the city. <laughs> so, so will he, he, he came over to the clicker when he was on the other balcony. Will he come when you just like, if you just click the clicker somewhere in the house, will he appear? He will. Yeah, definitely. Wow. And that's so much more than I ever trained my cat to do. Well, it's definitely one of those things you get to start off really gently with them. So all you're going to do in the in the beginning is just just make the sound of the clicker and give them the treat. Right. So for the cat, it's this is it's wonderful, right? Yeah. And then they start to make the association. It didn't happen immediately. Um, but once he got it, it was kind of like, it was for him, I guess, an aha moment that I wasn't like, and it was the noise and that was it. It was, it was strictly that the sound itself. So yeah, uh, putting into practice, uh, Brady, when, when he was on the other balcony, I'm like, try the clicker, try the clicker to no one. Cause I'm living alone. Um, <laughs> but it worked. <laughs> it I, did guess, work. I guess it's a little like shaking a treat bag, right? Like uh, our cat yes. would come for a treat bag. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. Yeah, exactly that. Um, it's the sound and associating. So I'm trying to like slowly progress into calming him down as well. If he's nervous to use the clicker and give him a treat. So it's kind of always associating with a, um, a pleasant result. You're conditioning them, but uh, to, to help them kind of relax. So watch the space. <laughs> I'll let I you know. That. And I walked past your desk the other day, and there are like four cat training books on your desk. So were there any other books that you used as resources? Yeah, definitely. There was a lot of different books and sort of different topics. The other one I was looking at, the name right, is Jackson Galaxy. So he's known as the oh, cat. Guy, yeah. I yeah. saw him yesterday. What? On, on was, TV? I, no, I was at a virtual conference. Oh, wow. And, and he was one of the presenters. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's he called the great. cat daddy, right? He's the cat daddy. So no, I don't um, know how I feel about that. <laughs> <laughs> he's definitely, he's, well, you know what? I think he's just, that's it, right? He's. <laughs> yeah, you get what you, you get what you expect with him. He yeah. does what he says on the outside. <laughs> He's written a few different books. The one that I was looking at is Total Cat Mojo. So it's the ultimate guide to life with your cat. So I've never read um, any animal behavior books before. Um, Always had cats in the house and growing up. So never really uh, thought about learning more about the animals themselves, if that makes any sense, the behaviors and that just kind of went with it. So it's quite interesting to be reading the book. His book is, uh, it's great. He's, it's um, into various sections. So it does help to explain some of the behaviors. So the things that would be considered negative behaviors like scratching and um, in, you know, in a what I would do previously would be try to give the cat something else to scratch, like a cat scratcher or something. But it's actually it's about marking territory and it's a behavior in which it's a it's a psychological behavior, not just a negative, bad behavior that, you you know, they that they participate in. So it's great to have this book as a resource because um, he does break it down into various 
sections, but even the idea when when excessive scratching becomes an issue, when your cats don't get along, when your cat is biting or scratching humans. So I need that chapter. Yeah. Like it's, it's helpful because I expect a cat to act like a cat. So there's some behavior, if you know what I mean, not that you like, you'll let them get away with anything, but it's great to have this resource to uh, curb those behaviors, especially previously, Hugo could go outside. There was an outdoor space for him. We had him on a leash and there was a line across the backyard. So he had a lot of space to roam and be outside. Now that he is, now that we're roommates (laughs) in the apartment, it's so limited. Um, I want to make sure that um, any of these kind of behaviors, which would be negative, that he's not taking it out on the furniture or even on me and making his life uh, as comfortable as it can be. Sounds like I'm obsessed with him. No, it's not that. Just making sure, <laughs> you know, just making sure that we're we're getting along. We're having an optimum relationship. <laughs> now, now, this roommate of yours, Victoria, what yeah. percentage of the rent is he covering? Well, like all cats, he's a secret genius because he pays nothing. And <laughs> rent free. <laughs> he's rent free. It's, it's a rent right it's great so that's it that's uh what i was able to do using the makerspace which was great and make a little cat clicker and it is working so far so more more hugo updates to come So today is is a very special session that we have. We don't have just one success story, but we have two. Uh, so I'm super excited to share this success story. This is Alice. I'm going to introduce Alice. Back uh, in November, I believe it was, she adopted Fiona. And she adopted a little bunny rabbit, Fiona, from us. So hi, Alice. How are you doing? Hi. Hi, I'm good. <laughs> Thanks. Yes, I adopted Fiona. Um, She was probably about four months old when she came home. So we got plenty of baby bunny time. (laughs) Oh, that's the best. And how has she been with you guys? Um, We were warned when we picked her up that she might not be very social, but that turned out not to be the case. She's very, very social. She wants a lot of attention. (laughs) Um, We... We spend a lot of time with her. She um, is a free range bunny, free yes. roam bunny. So she that. lives in the home with us and she's litter trained. Oh, That's wow. amazing. Yeah. She's great. Um, she wanders around as she goes. She comes to, she actually responds to her name as well. Wow. wow. Fiona is the first rabbit that I've ever had as a pet. <laughs> And what kind of bunny is she? Like, I don't, I'm not super in the know about bunny breeds and um, pet breeds for bunnies, but I know there's like a lop, there's like a a giant other one. These are very official names. Um, Is she just a a regular old bunny or (laughs) what color is she? (laughs) Tell us about the pretty bunny. (laughs) I believe that Fiona is a dwarf um she's very brown and she has uh brown eyes now has she stayed small yeah she's very small (laughs) but uh one thing that we were told that i was not prepared for is how much she can actually eat for how small she is 
She eats a lot of hay every single day. You would think that it would be too much hay, but no, she is very small. <laughs> she eats a lot of hay. Yes, she's a very spoiled rabbit. She has two kinds of hay that she likes right now. So she has a prairie grass mixed with Timothy wow. hay, and she has alfalfa hay. Um, as well as we've been reading on websites um, for rabbit diets. So she will have a banana once what? a week. She occasionally eats berries, which is adorable to watch, by the way. And then they got all berry juice on them and they look like little vampire bunnies. She is not shy at all. So she can actually jump very high too. So she can jump on the beds in the house. So if she wants to come and get attention, she can jump up onto our beds. So you'd never had a rabbit before. What what um, prompted you to get the rabbit? I have actually always wanted a rabbit. I grew up having pet cats and dogs as pets. So I think we sort of raised Fiona as the same way as a cat and a dog, where I taught her her name and I literally trained her. <laughs> and she's uh, so she's very much, uh, I guess, raised almost as a as a cat. <laughs> so she comes and goes as she pleases like around the house as she pleases and she has her own attitude and uh she does get the same thing as cats where she will have what's called what's referred to as zoomies where she will um get random bursts of energy and run from one end of our house to the other (laughs) which is very interesting to (laughs) does she hide Anywhere, or does she have a favorite place to be or hang out? Um, she likes, uh, <laughs> currently her favorite spot in our house is uh, the fern that we have by our front door. <laughs> so she will get right into uh, the pot and she will sit in there and occasionally munch on the leaves. We have a small fern at our front door. I was trying to become a plant person. Uh, but now I am trying to rescue the plant from being eaten yeah. by the rabbit. <laughs> and what about the greens? You talked about you were about the the uh, hay, about how much hay she has to eat. I have a right. I've taken home a skinny pig from the shelter recently, and and I'm astonished by how much greens and how much lettuce I'm doing. I'm wondering if Fiona is the same. Yes. I don't know if, if she makes noises or. or thumps her legs or thumps her feet to tell you she's happier she doesn't thump her feet as much she chases my broom so if i try to clean up around her litter box she will chase it so it's almost like a puppy where she will chase it um and uh follow so i have to keep it put away and i have to separate her because <laughs> she will run and try and climb inside oh. <laughs> and she Actually, uh, she likes to flop, which is, I think, her favorite thing. So she will take naps. She has a a cage area where she can come and go. That's where she'll sleep currently. So she'll go in and she flops in the cage, usually about um, half in and half out of her cage, actually. (laughs) Um, So she can stretch out quite a bit and she contorts. Half of her body is inside and half of it is out, and she will look straight up. There was a couple times where I had to check to make sure she, I had to wake her up because she <laughs> did not look like an alive bunny. <laughs> you, you mentioned when you first got her, there was like warnings that she might not be social. How long did it take her to warm up? Uh, like if someone was considering adopting a rabbit, how long 
you know, was the experience with uh, her getting her to sort of be more social? For Fiona, she was socialized in about a week and a half. Uh, for the first four days that I had her, um, I spent a lot of time like cuddling her. And the way that I teach a lot of my pets that I've always taught my pets their name is by repeating it to them. So I would tell her that her name is Fiona. So she res- mm-hmm. she learned her name very quickly. <laughs> I also have a seven-year-old daughter and they've bonded. So Aww. she is actually very close with my daughter. So she'll follow her around the house, spend a lot of time together and they cuddle and it's really nice. <laughs> I thought that she would be a lot more quiet um, and it would take us a lot more to socialize her, but no, she fit right in and she's very excited to be. She likes being here, I think. (laughs) I'm sure she does. You talked briefly about um, animal services and just your experience with them. So how was it adopting a pet um, that you have never had before from animal services? Were they able to give you help and resources to prepare you for your new bunny life? Yes, I was very nervous. I asked a lot of questions over several days. (laughs) Um, I started researching as soon as they called me back for my about my application, and I've been I was given a lot of resources and links, um, information packet when I picked her up, and they even recommended a vet that handles small uh, small animals because not every vet will treat rabbits or smaller animals. So it was, it was good. Like I thought I found that they had a lot of information, very communicative. And I mean, Fiona was very healthy when I got her. So I got her checkup initially. And then I went back for her to get neutered in the spring. And they said she's very healthy, happy rabbit. She's doing very well. I love that. And it does sound like she found the perfect home with you and your family and having someone to follow around or multiple people to follow around (laughs) all day and organic (laughs) lettuce. Like this bunny is living (laughs) her best life. And I love that for her. So that's so happy that you found each other. If I could compare it to another animal, uh, Fiona reminds me a lot like a cat where... I feel like I'm trying to get her approval. So I, yeah, I definitely am feeding her more (laughs) (laughs) because she's very attached to my daughter, but she, I I feel like she just puts up with me. (laughs) (laughs) I am the one who feeds her and cleans up after her, but she's, but my daughter is the one she plays with. So (laughs) Um, And any final thoughts about animal services or would you recommend the adoption process to a friend? I actually have recommended Pickering Animal Services to friends um, who have expressed interest in um, adopting pets because I've had such, I had such a great experience. Um, I feel like everyone is eager to help. They get back, they got back to me very quickly and I haven't had any issues at all. I love that. Thanks so much for joining us today. It was so nice to hear about Fiona and just how much your family does so well with Fiona and um, completes that, if you will. So I'm very happy to hear that success story. That definitely warmed my heart for sure. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me on. Um, I love talking about Fiona. So any chance I get. Uh, 
so next up, I'm excited to share with you Jen and her cat, Molly, who I, I don't think we call her Molly anymore, do we, Jen? Yeah, we just added on another name. I call her Molly Joe. So it's, ah. still, it's still Molly, but I just added in the Joe part. So. All right, Molly Joe. Uh, and so she was adopted actually uh, just over a year ago now from us. And, uh, and I know Jen uh, has lots of stories and I'm sure she's excited to share. So Jen, tell us all about how Molly Joe is doing. Actually, she's sitting kind of across from me looking at me as I'm calling her name. So <laughs> she's doing great. Um, we adopted her from Pickering Animal Services July 2020. Brought her home on July 6th. And usually I know it takes cats, it can take them a couple of days to a couple of weeks to come out of hiding once they're brand new. It only took her like a couple of hours to come out of hiding. She found that she could hide underneath the section of the couch and that's kind of where her safe place was. And then once she realized that, oh, okay, like, you know, this is a new house and it's kind of like, I guess, cool. <laughs> she was fine. She was running around, going to myself, my mom, my dad, playing with some toys that I got her. She's adjusted really, really good. What's her favorite toy? She has a couple. It used to be like a chirping cactus. And now, <laughs> she's, now she's gone on to a parrot that's got feathers. And my friend's daughter bought her some toys. And one of them is like a, like a bomb. It has a bell on it. She likes that. Anything. Like an exploding uh, exploding bomb sort of thing? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. She pretty much goes to like anything, especially if it makes noise. And ha right now it's kind of like if it has noise and makes and has feathers, she's all about it. Oh. And hair ties. She likes hair ties. Of course. Oh, so when, when she does the hair ties, does she bring them back? Like, does she fetch? No, she'll take my hair ties and I have to chase her like a child around the house to get it back from her because she will try to eat the hair tie. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I had a cat uh, well, many years ago and I used to be able to just fling my hair tie and my cat would go and grab it and then return it back just like a dog. Oh, like a dog. Back. Yeah, fetch. Yeah. So I wondered if, uh, if Molly was the same, but no. Molly no. just makes you chase her. Yep, that she does. When she gets into something she's not supposed to, she knows that she's not supposed to get into something, and then I have to chase her around the house to try to get it back. And that's probably part of the game, right? To her, yeah. yeah. To me, no. <laughs> yeah, to, of course, of course. I, one thing I'd like to ask is, could you describe Molly? What does Molly look like for people listening? Uh, so Molly is a short-haired ginger cat so she's orange with a bit of white stripes on her tail and female orange cats aren't as popular as the males so it was definitely one thing when i saw her i was like it's just something in her eyes um that kind of caught my attention and we were grieving the loss of my previous cat Aww. so the house was kind of empty and it was covid but once i saw her i was like i have to have her and it was a benefit that she was a ginger cat because i've always wanted one but she's really cute and really really sweet she likes to cuddle on her terms cat rules cat rules yep same with mine <laughs> she's not the type to you can't just go up and pick her up and cuddle her although i can um because I smother her in kisses and she just deals with it. <laughs> what was the experience of adopting her from animal services like? It was really good. It was obviously different and not so much difficult. Um, 
from Picker Animal Services aspect, but difficult because it's COVID, so I couldn't go in to meet her. Um, so I just had to pretty much do everything via email, do a virtual call with Lindsay. But overall, the adoption process was easy. As soon as I emailed inquiring about her, I received an email right back saying, yes, yeah, she's still available. This is the next step. So that is one thing that I liked was I had actually been dealing with Carl. Um, and I know sometimes you can email about a cat and then you just don't ever hear back, which detters you from adopting. But with Pickering Animal Services, it was a really smooth process to be able to just do it all virtually. Excellent. And I know it was it was probably really scary because you kind you had to trust us when like when I talked to you and I said no she's going to be good or 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 we I can't remember if we did a video or the virtual chat, um, but a lot of it was because you couldn't actually get in there and pick her up and and do what everyone is is used to doing and feeling if you actually have the connection. Yes, um, so that's that's what I say was the difficult aspect of it was because. COVID put a damper in the plans of physically being able to go to the shelter and just saying like, I want to make an appointment to go meet her. Although obviously it didn't detriment me from adopting her. <laughs> she was only in the shelter for just over two weeks. Barely had time to get out. comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, and she's an unlucky girl. I think she had just been released onto their website when I saw her picture wow. and then I emailed right away about her. It felt like I was being a bother because I kept emailing so much. And I was like, okay, so like, what's the next step? Like, let me just sign the papers. And Give me that cat. Give me the cat now. And I'm just like, I don't care about pictures. Let me just have her. Yeah. <laughs> Jen knew. And I was like, wait, are you sure? Let's, let's, let's take it back a few steps here. I don't know. I just wanted her so bad. And I was just like, I don't care about sending me over pictures, videos. Let me just sign the papers. So she'll, she'll chase a, she'll chase a hair tie. Uh, what other sort of, does she have any uh, amusing quirks? I got her a cat tower and it has almost like a little, call it like her little basket and she'll hang out of that. And it's almost like she's like flying because she'll, she'll curl up, but then she'll hang her arms right out. Almost like a super Superman pose. Oh. <laughs> she does that. You have to put a cape on her. I will do that next. I have a cape and I will take a picture and send it directly to you, Lindsay. All right. She's going to hate you for it. But... I attempted a Halloween costume last year and it didn't go so good, but it was a shark because she likes to bite. It didn't go so good, but we'll try it again this year and we'll see. <laughs> she wasn't impressed with her Halloween outfit. No. Um... She's also like a really good bug hunter too. Oh, that's a so, good thing to have. Useful to have around, yeah. I've never had a cat that likes to hunt bugs and that can literally smell when they're here. Like <sighs> if we have a fly in the house from going out back and you know the door gets left open for a minute, a fly comes in, obviously, I don't know that it's there, but she'll know because she'll, she'll cry to alert you that there's a bug in her house. <laughs> Does she do, does she do that chattering thing that some cats do? Um, no, she just gives one cry and, and then she'll just like kind of hunt it down <laughs> and then she'll just go after it and she'll jump up at the door for it. Try to does she have it. much success catching these bugs? Oh yes. Oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Sometimes no. Um, but most of the time she does. Um, 
so she's she's definitely good at hunting bugs. <laughs> um, her other little quirks are, depending on who comes home, um, if I come home from work, she'll greet me at the door sometimes. Um, oh, wow. Sometimes it's a, oh, hi, mom, you're home. I love you. And other times it's, oh, mom's home. Feed me. Yeah, supper time. Yeah. Yo, supper time. Fill yeah. this dish. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, and then she knows, um, like she knows the sound of my car for when I lock it and like the beep. She knows oh, wow. the sound of my dad's truck. So when my dad comes home, she knows when he's home from work and she runs to go meet grandpa. Wow. She's a pretty smart cat. She's very smart. She's, she's very smart. When my nieces come over, she's really good with them. Um, She'll play with them or her newest thing that she's just developed recently is they walk by her and she like yells at them. Oh, oh. Um, and then we're like, Hey, and then it's because she wants their attention. Oh, so she used to just go up and rub up against them. And now it's like, they walk by her and she'll literally just like almost scream at them because she wants their, her, their attention and they're not looking at her. <laughs> That's adorable. It's so cute. Thanks for sharing that with us, Jen. Uh, it just remains for me to say thank you for joining us today and telling us these wonderful stories about your cat, Molly Joe. So I've started trying to uh, track some of Hugo's adventures uh, with living in the city and clicker training. So I've been doing that through Instagram. So he does have an Instagram account. It's at City Kitty Hugo. Stop it right City now. That Kitty is adorable. Hugo. What about you, Jess? Do any of your pets have Instagram handles? Um, Simon's has not been updated for a very long time, um, but he is still cute and it is super sleepy, Simon. <laughs> Moose the dog is at moose.mutt. Just moose period mutt. Now, Lindsay, does, does the skinny pig have an Instagram? She does not, unfortunately. This is a tragedy. I know. This is a tragedy. <laughs> I might have to get her one, though. <laughs> we want to thank everybody who's listened to us through this little mini-series uh, to hear all about our animals, hear about animals and pickering, hear about some of Animal Service's successful adoptions. We hope you've enjoyed it. We've had a great time putting this podcast together, uh, but we really appreciate everyone who's listened to us. It's been great. We're looking forward to the library opening up and uh, very soon to people. And maybe you can come and visit us in the makerspace and make something for your pet when you come for a visit. Uh, and we look forward to seeing everyone back at the animal shelter very soon. At the time being, if you want to check us out, you can visit us at pickering.ca forward slash animals. We have a ton of videos of our past programs you can view our animals for adoption, learn all about wildlife, anything animals. So check us out. Thanks again for spending this time with us. And we will say goodbye for the final time for season one. Okay, Hugo, let's go. Thank you for listening to our show. All music has been provided by zapsplat.com. For more information, visit pickeringlibrary.ca or pickering.ca. Bye for now.